0: Welcome to Salt to Sugar, a podcast dedicated to helping you improve your mental health and find inner peace and fulfillment in the daily rat race. Author, addiction survivor, and spiritual leader Kelsey Peterson guides you on an introspective journey to help you heal and uncover your true purpose. And now, your host, Kelsey Peterson.
1: Hello, welcome to the Salt to Sugar podcast. I am your host, Kelsey Peterson, and I'm so grateful to be here. I'm so grateful that you're that you're tuning in and listening. Uh, if you don't mind going up to the top right corner of your screen and subscribing, that helps me make sure you don't miss any future episodes and it helps you make sure you don't miss any future episodes. Uh, I am here today on this episode with my friend, Chris Smith. Uh, he is the Valors Veterans Community Arizona Director of the Tucson chapter, um, Valor Veterans Community Arizona is an organization that I've had on this podcast. Roe Gonzalez uh, spoke on this, uh, so he he talks about his nonprofit. You can go back to that episode um, and listen. Uh, Chris, hello. Hi. Welcome.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: <laughs> yeah, thank you for joining. Um, I wanted to have you on this podcast because you are a veteran. You do a lot of good with Valors, um, and you have struggled with addiction and overcome a lot. And you also, like me, share your story uh, in an open, vulnerable, strong way. And uh, I'm just so glad and grateful that you're uh, willing to come on to the Salt Sugar Podcast. So, um, I was hoping you could start by just sharing uh, about your story with with military service, and then how it led into addiction, and then overcoming that. So it's kind of like an open-ended question, but just um, take it away.
0: Okay. So I served in the military from 2004 to 2007. When um, I got back and had some problems, I was injured overseas um, by a rocket attack. Um, struggled with PTSD, um, addiction after my deployment, and. Um, up until about four years ago when I decided to get sober, so, um, yeah.
1: Okay, so you struggled with PTSD, and then what was the, what was that like? What, um, what were the feelings? Because I think we talk a lot about PTSD, but a lot of people don't really understand what the emotions are, so if you can, like, reflect on kind of what you were feeling at that time.
0: Um, the feeling of hopelessness, um just um, nervous about everything, a- anxiety about anything and every every place that I needed to go or do. Um, never really thought about that part, the feeling part about it.
1: Yeah. Um, well, I think that's the relatable stuff. Like, that, Cause even people that have different trauma than just military are gonna relate to the emotions right. level from, from different trauma.
0: Right. Um, I felt like I was, um, not, uh, I don't know how to say it. Um, like I wasn't myself. Mm -hmm. Um, I came back a different person from my deployment and, um, I was angry at the world, angry at myself, angry at the military, um, angry at God for many years. And, um, yeah those emotions led me down a really rough path of of addiction to morphine and alcohol and then after morphine and alcohol it was it was meth um the feeling of of not being able to control my surroundings um was a really big one for me uh I still struggle with that even today even after all my treatments and and so um that and the feeling of my family not understanding what is actually going on with me, not, not because they didn't want to, but because I didn't tell them what I had gone through overseas and what I had seen. Um, I was trying to protect them when all I was really doing was hurting myself.
1: Can you elaborate on the surroundings piece that you touched on? Cause I think that's really important. And I, I'd like to hear more about what, what you were struggling with your surroundings.
0: Um, just groups of people, large groups of people, um, being not knowing them. Like if I'm in a group of people that I know, um, veterans, obviously, um, a lot of us are really comfortable around other veterans because we understand what we went through, what everybody has gone through in similar situations. Um, so just the nervousness of not knowing if somebody, I mean, obviously fight or flight in Iraq, right. Um, or any deployment. Um not knowing if somebody's gonna attack from behind me or even though I'm back in the States, um that that really was a big piece of my my issue was was staying in the fight or flight and I think the drugs had a big bigger part of keeping me in there. So
1: Yeah. What um what did getting help look like at first for you? Like when what what did your breaking point look like, where you finally were like I need to stop the madness, get some help with probably something that you were very confused about, you didn't recognize yourself. So what what did that breaking point look like for you? Because I think that we all get off the elevator at different floors. I always yeah. say. So what was your what was your floor?
0: Mine was the bottom floor. I I was definitely at the bottom. I done so, so much and treated my family so bad that none of my family, my mom, my sister, my brother would talk to me or have anything to do with me. Um, my wife and kids had been made to move out by DCS at the time because of my drug use. Um, and then about four or five months after that, the house I was living in burned down and I lost everything I owned at that point. Um, and that's when I woke up one morning, I said, what are you doing? Why are you still using drugs with your family? You're, Beautiful wife has walked out the door and been forced to actually leave you. Um, and I took all the drugs I had at that time. I put them in the toilet and I flushed them down the toilet. Wow. Um, and that was that was that. But that was after years and years, almost ten years of, of struggling with it. And my wife told me I need to get help. I need to get help. So here I am today.
1: So you that was that was four years ago. Yep sober since that day
0: yep december 15th of
1: 2019. wow that's
0: incredible congratulations thank you
1: it's a hard road it is and i want to get more into that um so i was telling you before the podcast started that i it was really important for me to have you on because i talk a lot about i'm I'm careful about i try to be careful about the 12-step and talking about the 12-step program um because it is like this sacred uh, thing that needs to be protected, and not um, you're not supposed to like make money off of it or um, exploit the program or anything. So I try and be really careful about it. Um, but I do. I mainly talk to people that are in the program or have done the twelve step uh, a twelve step program. I've always believed that, now this is coming from me, that the 12-step program is very black and white and it works really well for a lot of people. It worked for me amazingly, like saved my life. It's still working for me. Um, However, not everybody's the same and we're not black and white. We are all different and there's different things that help different people. That you can still get what people get out of the A program, but in different forms. Um, so and and that's that's your story. So so from that that day you flushed your drugs, what has your recovery can you tell the audience what your recovery looked like because it's it's different for mine. It is
0: um, so I, I had decided that, that a 12-step program like going to NA or AA classes wasn't for me because I just needed to get away from the opportunity to even have the drugs around me okay. and um, I'm not saying that that it happens everywhere and that everybody in AA does that but it, it is a cycle and people go in there for the wrong reasons and that's uh, with everything. Um, I guess I kind of have my own 12-step program in a sense um, I've done alternative therapies from horseback riding to photography, scuba diving, um, hiking. I love anything outdoors. Um, and just other programs that aren't offered by traditional healthcare, like home-based program or Operation Red Wings. Um, for my faith, Mighty Oaks was a big one that got me back into my faith deeply. And then, um, I was able to um, commit my life to Christ while I was there. Um, yeah, and it was just spending time with my daughter, my, my family. Um, rebuilding those bridges that I had burned all those years of, of drug use. Um, that's been my 12 step. And then helping, helping other veterans get through their issues. If I could just help one veteran not have a suicidal thought or, or inspire somebody to put down the drugs and change their life so they can get back on track. Um, that, that's my close step program.
1: And, and the way that you described it, anybody who knows the program would know that those are the main components. Um, to rebuild the bridges that you burned, make the amends, to um, find a faith in something, in a higher power and spirituality for your soul. And give your willpower to that, to that higher power, um, and then give back uh, for service, for fulfillment. I mean, that's why I do what I do. Is it, it, it's selfish? I don't. I don't like. I actually don't like to call it that. That's my bad, because it's not selfish. Is such a negative connotation? Um, it's. It's using myself as a vessel for my higher power, um, and staying in alignment with my higher power so that I can be a vessel for my higher power's well, not my own. Um, and anyway, so those those are the key components to a Tulsa program. They're literally what you described. So like, you've managed to keep those components in your life without a Tulsa program, and like, not. I mean, I like I said, like I'm in the I'm I'm in AI love it it works really well for me and um and it and it works for so many people but um if you're doing the work elsewhere you can really find the same healing i believe um and this is all my opinion this is my podcast so i can say what i want um and that's my firm belief i always even before i joined the program i always thought it was like too black and white and it's very black and white you know like sobriety for me can be on a spectrum like if somebody I'm kind of going to go off on a little tangent because I've never shared my personal thoughts on the program. Um, sobriety can be a, a spectrum in that if somebody is drinking themselves to death and for the time being they need to smoke hot to like stop drinking then that's part of their process and then and then eventually you can like get off that and then and like find more and more alignment with, with your higher power which would be present and not check out through any substances but um, but if somebody is literally drinking this whole stuff and smoking some weed helps them my opinion is that they should be allowed to do that and still work a program such as such as AA but but there's there's just a lot of disagreement about that um, And so, that's always been my belief and and that's one of the reasons I actually stayed out of AA for a while because I just thought it was too black and white of a program. Um, However, there is, it it works so well There is benefit to it in in, in
0: certain situations. Like you brought up the campus thing. Mm -hmm. I I actually, I'm a medical marijuana card holder for for Arizona. Um, I use medical marijuana instead of using the pain pills that I was addicted to for six years. Um, and I don't consider myself addicted to the drug mm-hmm. because I can go without it. I've proven that I did 14 days in Boston without it for my home-based treatment. Um, but I think that you're right. It is very black and white when it comes to, to using something that could help you get off of something else, mm-hmm. because then they think you're going to be addicted to that as well, which is very well possible. It but, is, yeah. But the... The thing with with, with cannabis is, is the negative side effects are so small compared to the positive ones that that's why I chose to go that route.
1: Yeah, yeah. And like, for instance, like you wouldn't be, you, it would be very, if you joined a, a program, it would be very hard for you to find somebody to take you through the 12 steps because of your use. And, but it's like, but you, you're, you want to work on yourself. You want to um, grow and heal. And so that, that's kind of where my, my, I guess, root issues with the program lie, but, but again, like it helps so much. It helps, it works for me. I'm not about to like, and it, and I believe it's a sacred program that, that should be protected. So I also understand that, that piece of it, but, but yeah, I just, I'm kind of glad I got to share some of my personal thoughts on it. Um,
0: and I, it. I think, I think like adding in alternative therapies, like horseback riding, or even just finding somebody that you know or that somebody that you know knows that will let you come out and groom the horse just you know um go hiking take a walk um i i listen to my friend's podcast just like i do salt salt to sugar when i walk um with my daughter every day um and those things have helped me get through the last four years and and stay sober and stay positive
1: yeah so amazing what um um, what part of you talked a little bit about? You know, you did this retreat, found your faith in Christ, and reestablished a relationship. What role has that played in your in your sobriety? Like just talking about spirituality. I mean, I I love talking about spirituality. So interesting.
0: So um, the the my spirituality, just aligning my life with the way that that Christ wants us to live um, has said that we should live and, and trying to live that the best I can in my everyday life and showing my kids a positive direction in life to go instead of always the negative, you know, um, we go to church, me and my wife, which we are back together now. Um, yeah. And um, we go to church every Sunday. I'm pretty involved with my church to take photos at our events. And it's just been, uh, among other things, among the spiritual thing, the social aspect of it, the people that I'm around in church are good people for the most part, at least from what I know. And, um, yeah, that's even social aspects of recovery are a big thing. Surrounding yourself with positive people that are going to bring you into a better place further down the road. You know, don't, I'm not saying don't help or don't try to, don't, get rid of your friends that aren't doing anything good in life, because maybe you might be able to help them, but maybe push them out a little bit further in your life and surround yourself with better people.
1: Yeah, like create the proper boundaries that are in alignment with you and your relationship with your higher power. Um, <clears throat> what about, as you were talking about your higher power and, and you know, following Christ, living the life that, that has been spelled out for you, um, is that what you is is that the main thing that that you get from your relationship with your higher power? Like I, I think everybody's different. I think everybody draws something different from their higher power. I guess I'm wondering what the most like fundamental thing of your relationship with the higher power gives you. Is is it just, just having a rule rulebook kind of like this is what I need to do no, for Just the or?
0: strength to get through the strength that I needed to get through all the trials and tribulations that I daily life brings us I mean you know you wake up one morning and your tires flat I mean whoever wants to wake up and have a t- flat tire you know but I can be happy and I can just smile and laugh it off now whereas four years ago I would have been angry punching holes in walls you know pulling doors off the hinges so you know um yeah that's that's where you
1: got chills when you said that strength I think that's
0: huge yeah. God, God gives us strength to get through anything when when we let him. Yeah, so
1: yeah, and we kind of accept, you know, this isn't my plan. none of none of life is gonna be my plan. It's all about what God's plan is and and just trying to stay present and in alignment with that.' Um,
0: yeah, he'll, he'll put whatever He wants into our lives and it may be good, and it may not be so good, but he'll help us get through all of it. so
1: yeah. So there's um, quite a few veterans that listen to the podcast um, and you've kind of mentioned some of the organizations that have helped you that are nonprofits that, you know, don't cost you money to go do or partake in. Um, Can you go into a little bit detail and and articulate what organizations helped you the most and then like how?
0: Um, So first and foremost, I, I have to to say Wounded Warrior Project has helped me change my life by sending me to the home-based program in Boston through the Warrior Care Network. Um, not only that, I've been on two Project Odysseys and a soldier ride with Wounded Warrior Project. And um, those have absolutely been amazing.
1: What are those?
0: Um, so soldier ride is they'll fl- take you out and put you on a bicycle and and make you ride like 20, 20 miles a day for two days. And um, I, I wasn't too excited about that part, but at the end of it it was actually really rewarding and um my butt hurt a little bit but that was (laughs) that was okay because it was fun i got to ride ride around san diego with a bunch of veterans that had the same issues as me and and got to know some people who i'm still in contact with today Um, project odyssey is it's a, a mental health uh trip We're not really technically supposed to talk a lot about it, but I can tell you the last one I went on just recently was whitewater rafting on the Rogue River in Oregon. Um, And then it's a 12 week mental health program. So you'll be going through treatment stuff and and, um, laying out smart goals um, that they want you to accomplish through the 12 weeks. Mm
1: -hmm. And the the treatment in Boston with Wounded Warrior, what, what was that like? Uh, Is that, that was that your first um, kind of treatment experience. That was
0: that was after I went to uh, my first Project Odyssey and my and Soldier Ride. Um, it was uh, my first very intensive um, treatment program that I had ever gone to. It's fourteen days, and um, it's it's eight to ten, twelve hour days of, of practicing skills and coping mechanisms and being able to guide yourself through walking through crowds was one of my specific things so I was in Boston during the Celtics championship games 65,000 people downtown I wanted a cannoli so you know I walked down to get a cannoli and um
1: anything for the cannoli (laughs)
0: nothing wrong with cannolis um but by the end of the 14 week or 14 days I was able to go down there with no problem so and now I I can take my daughter to baseball games Diamondback games I can go do these things airports don't bother me so much but if anybody tells you an airport doesn't bother them I don't I think they're lying
1: so. right I know <laughs> it wasn't until I got I used to have to drink at airport like I looked forward to going to the airport because it was like my get drunk time I would get to the um, Amex has the little lounges or whatever <laughs> so I'd get to the lounge like I'd get to the airport like two hours really before my flight hang out in the lounge drink for free get, get really fucked up for the <laughs> For the flight, get into the airport. I flew into, hang out at the lounge for a few more hours, drink some more, and then and then you know head off to my vacation or trip or whatever. Like that was so that was my airport experience. But then ever since I got sober, I realized that um, airports give me a lot of anxiety. There's so much energy and stress, and um, we're all I believe we're all like connected, so we feel each other's emotions. And so the airport is a dangerous place. It really is.
0: So instead of drinking now at the airport, I go and get a smoothie with a shot of wheatgrass, and that's my drink at the airport.
1: Ooh, love that ritual. I might have to take that on. Just don't
0: go to Salt Lake City because they don't have any smoothie places that I found.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I don't think I'm going to fly in Salt Lake anytime soon. Sorry, I'm fighting off a cold right now, so uh, my voice is a little little hoarse. Um, So I want to talk about, like the healing of of the trauma um what what was if you had to tell anybody going through you know trying to heal their their trauma and trauma could be anything from military experience to um you know myself as um i was a child molested um uh there's you know abusive parents um you know, and and a lot of people have anxiety and depression and had a wonderful childhood and, and no trauma, like capital T trauma, you know, and but they're still struggling with with mental health. Um, but overcoming those negative emotions, those things that bring us down that I call the darkness, I call depression, anxiety and mental health and stuff like the darkness and the light um, or the darkness is always going after the light. Um, what is, what, it, what was like the biggest thing that you did to overcome the darkness? Those, those rough feelings, the, the reasons you went to check out through meth and uh, drugs.
0: The reasons why I started?
1: The, the, no, not the reasons you started, the, the thing, sorry. I uh, think that helped you that. get out of it? Yeah, that to, to get your light back, to fight the darkness, to put your shield up. Um, if somebody's listening who's struggling right now what's like the one thing that you'd want them to know that that helped you overcome the darkness
0: that you're not alone Mm -hmm. and that there's people out there that will help you there's organizations out there that will help you Mm -hmm. Um, whether you're a veteran a first responder or not there are places that will help everybody and I think just having that the will to do it Mm -hmm. and the support structure to be able to to do that like if you don't have anybody in your corner it's going to be almost impossible in, in my eyes um
1: that's good
0: but I, I i think that that just wanting it for yourself and no not not doing it for somebody else like that was my biggest problem in the beginning um was i was doing it for everybody else and not for myself um you have to have that in you to do it for yourself. Otherwise it will never happen. I say that I've been selfish. Like, yeah, I don't like that word either, but yeah. I, I, I basically, the last four years have made my treatment my full-time job. That. So um, this is what I do. I do, you know, I run every day. I do yoga and meditate all the time. Um, and I go hiking, swimming, scuba diving. Those are all those things that, that help me stay where I'm at and sober.
1: Yeah. So. Oh, I love that. Prioritizing yourself. I think that's like a huge I like one. that. I'm going
0: to use that word more often, not, not yeah, selfish. Yeah,
1: yeah, prioritizing yourself first uh, and, and keeping your purpose you first. Because you can't be a good dad, a good husband, if you don't put yourself first. You will be a better partner, a better father, a better um, director of the Tucson chapter if you prioritize yourself. Um, because yourself will be in alignment with God and God will use you uh, if you're taking care of yourself to be of his will. Um, And then you also touched on you're not alone. There are resources. So I just talked to a friend of a friend who is going through a hard time, some um, addiction with a loved one. And, And the first thing they said to me was, we need the help. This is for their loved one. They need the help, but we don't have the money for what for what the help costs. And immediately, I said no. Finances are never the number one reason somebody doesn't get help. There are so many options, and a big part of what I do is literally just connecting people, uh, kind of what Valor's does actually. But Valor Valor's connects veterans with veterans, veterans with resources. You know. Um, that's the nonprofit uh, that Chris and I uh, work with, but um, <clears throat> but a lot of what I do on um, for like the salt sugar stuff, my book stuff is is people feel comfortable reaching out to me for for where they're at and, and needing help, and a big part of that is is like getting them the resource. I know the resources that that fit for their cir- circumstance and their budget, um, and so. The finances, from my experience, have never been the number one reason people don't get help. It's that they're not at the point that you just said that they're not wanting this for them. They're maybe agreeing to do it for their partner or their loved one or whatever, but until they get to a point of really wanting it for them, when they get off the elevator at their floor, finally, I mean, and everybody's rock bottom is different. The floor, everyone gets off on the elevator is different, but until they get off the elevator, that's just plummeting down, uh, for themselves, they, they won't get the help they need. And finances are never the reason. It's, it's an excuse. Um, it's, it's certainly something that has to be considered because the, the mental health and, um, and recovery world has a lot of scammers and a lot of people who will just uh, unethically take money. Uh, so you do have to be careful of the resources, but there are good, solid resources that are affordable. Um, that that are, that you're covered under, that you can get covered under. There's so much good out there. And so um, I just really wanted to, I'm glad you, you touched on that because I, I did want to stress that that's not the finances are never the number one reason.
0: So that's the first step is wanting it for yourself. Mm-hmm. The second step is definitely reaching out for the help, asking mm-hmm. for the help. Nobody's going to give you the help until you ask for that help. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the step where... A lot of people struggle with is actually reaching out for that help and i know myself as well as you if we don't know a resource we probably know somebody that does or we can find one for you exactly so
1: yeah totally where um so where can people find you if they if they if somebody related to what you said which i'm sure so many people will because you said some really really good stuff um where can people find you um, on your social or? If you want to so I email only out. have Instagram. Okay.
0: Um, and it's at a Warrior's Journey Home. Um, you can look me up. Um, I post as much as I can on there. I'm pretty busy this summer with my kid being out of mm-hmm. school. So, um, yeah.
1: I'll put your Instagram on the description of the podcast. Please do. Yeah.
0: And feel free to to message me privately if you have any questions.
1: Yeah, so. love that. Um, and then you are the new director of the Tucson chapter for Valor Veterans Community Arizona. Yep. Um, that's a very new thing.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, what is? What are you most excited about for that?
0: I'm excited that I get an opportunity to help other veterans in a in a bigger a bigger manner than I do now. So um, this gives me a reach of everything that Valor's has available, all the resources, as long with. The resources that i have and the ability to do events with other warriors mm. so and hopefully their families
1: and you know so many resources like you are a resource like junkie <laughs> so i freaking love that you're going to be the director in tucson and you're going to help so many people down there um and then something that i didn't tell you i was going to ask because i didn't think of it um but you are working on a book aren't you oh.
0: <laughs> yes, I am actually. Um, I am currently in school for photography, and um, but I have started my book and um, I am going to make a trip in the end of August or the beginning of September through California documenting um, my journey to meet some of the guys I've met on the trips that I've I've been on in the last few years. So to it's... go hang out with them and hiking and yeah
1: yeah so what is is, is the book going to be like about other people's stories too or uh, at the be... end
0: i'm gonna have a few other uh, just kind of my like adventure into writing this book and i'm really doing it to, to go sit out in the redwoods and write some of my book as well so cool. so your book is
1: going to be kind of about the journey of writing the book yep oh my gosh i love that concept <laughs> that's really cool yep. And um, and you're going to talk about your your past and stuff. Oh yeah, In
0: way more depth than here. So, yeah. yeah. That's that's the part that's going to take a while. So.
1: Yeah, articulating those emotions are really really challenging. Um, I went through. I even wrote about my a depression I went into from writing one of my chapters because it was just so hard to.
0: And I'm starting at live. my childhood. Mm. Out so.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's good. I I didn't even go there with mine. I was just processing the current stuff when right. I wrote mine. But but I want to go back and and do that because it was so cathartic. Like you're gonna feel as much work as you've done. I promise. Like you're gonna feel such a huge release. Like I didn't even know. I thought I you know I'd been to rehab. I'd worked through a lot. I felt as like free as I thought I was ever gonna feel. And then and then writing putting putting my story out on paper was and my feelings and stuff like that made it made it even made me feel even more free so I'm the excited. one
0: thing I, I i wish i would have done was kept a um journal of my treatment like at, in boston and all these trips i, I didn't really do that um so yeah. having to remember all those things is is uh, challenging at times but i'm lucky that i'm in contact with a lot of people that work at these events so i can get the stuff that i'm missing from them
1: oh that's really cool
0: yeah
1: oh my gosh i am so excited to read that um
0: it'll be probably a year or so before mm -hmm. i get get it done but yeah Yeah. thank you for putting me in contact with um what was her name the lady from the young writers foundation yeah Yeah. so yeah she's great she's interesting (laughs) (laughs) she's
1: she does so much um and and uh, I hope she'll be able to, to help you with that. Um,
0: she sure already
1: has. Good. Yeah. Yeah, see, resources, connecting resources. You know, we help each other out. Um, so.
0: Yeah, I don't want everybody to think that we don't need resources sometimes, too. <laughs> so we don't know everything.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, for sure. I am a work in progress. I try to make that really clear on here. Like, I don't know everything. I just try and share what's worked for me so far and what I still need to work on so people know I'm not. Not just, um, not just have it all figured out. I mean, I'm ne- like we're never gonna have it all figured out.
0: No, nope. we're never gonna be perfect, and we're always gonna have those struggles. We're gonna always have those cravings. We're humans. Yeah. And um, it's just a matter of getting past those in a way that doesn't jeopardize our our body or our mental health,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and just finding solace in the life that we have. Being happy with what we've been given, yeah. So it's beautiful. I have a beautiful life. I have a beautiful family. Um, I have a beautiful life. I can't complain.
1: Good. So, oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much for coming on the Salt to Sugar podcast. Thank uh, you for having me. It was a really fun conversation, and I'm really excited to work with you more with Valors. Um, I'm ready for that. you and I? Just well, you didn't do partake in the yoga because you <laughs> hurt your back, but. We did yoga this morning with Valors. Um, Every second and fourth Sunday uh, of the month, um, Valors is doing yoga, and I'm instructing it. Uh, (coughs) And so I like it. I'm biased. It's (coughs) the best yoga ever. (laughs) (coughs) Right? (laughs) Yeah,
0: it looked good until you got sprayed with sprinklers. Yeah,
1: we got taken out (laughs) by sprinklers, but we moved. It was funny. Um, And so... Uh, That's every second and fourth Sunday of the month. Uh, You can go to the Valor Veterans Community Arizona page to uh, get updates on the yoga and on all the other events that that are put on for veterans. Um, And go into the description to follow Chris on Instagram. Uh, And-
0: And look out for events in Tucson. If you live in Tucson, there'll be events here pretty soon, next month or so.
1: Yeah, if you live in Tucson, Chris is your man. Uh, I'm so excited for that chapter to open. Um, and please subscribe. Make sure you don't miss any future episodes. Thank you so much. Thank
0: you. Thanks for tuning in to Salt to Sugar. You're officially one step closer to becoming your best self. Be sure to subscribe wherever you heard this podcast so you never miss a future episode. Remember, you are not alone. For more information or to connect with Kelsey, you can find her on Instagram at Kelsey Pete. Thanks again for tuning in and we'll see you next time.